Welcome into the Fairweather Podcast, where we discuss all things San Diego Loyal Soccer Club. Welcome in, and uh, first off, just want to let you know that this podcast, Fairweather Podcast, is part of the BGN Network and is sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. Check out the ads at the end uh, for our other sponsors like Icarus FC. Um, so we got kind of lots to talk about, but not a lot to talk about at the same time. Um, <laughs> I'm going to make sure this is shared on our Twitter. So yeah, go ahead and do, do the intros. Uh, so first off, uh, we want to just welcome in the uh, two other guests uh, or two other hosts, not guests, they're hosts. Uh, <laughs> I was like, guess who's guests? here? Hey, surprise. No. Uh, so Chris Walker, how's it going tonight, man? Hey man, the unlocal local is in house. I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Nice, nice. And Marissa's right now tweeting out that we're going live and on the Twitter machines. Uh, and I know she just got back from a trip. So, uh, Marissa, yes. how you feeling? I'm good. Um, luckily, I was. Um, so last week I was here in san diego and then flash forward another week i'm back even even though i spent five days out of the country so you wouldn't know that though right um, unless unless you follow me on the twitter at hashtag marissa <laughs> the, the magic yeah. of the podcast it feels like we've been around in the city together for a minute but you've been yeah. gone um yeah so a couple signings dropped today um we've been kind of waiting on some of these uh, if you got the roster from the preseason friendly last Sunday, there were tons of names on there that haven't been officially announced. Um, some of them that been announced since is uh, uh, the goalkeeper Amal Knight, who looked fantastic, and he's huge, uh, super tall, um, backup keeper for the Jamaican national team. Uh, there is a huge um, kind of Caribbean influence on the USL. Uh, if you do any research in some of those national teams, uh, Jamaican per, uh, has tons of players in the USL. Uh, and on this team, there are a lot of different nationalities. Uh, but the three that dropped today are Colin Martin, Charlie Adams, and Morgan Hackworth. Um, they're all midfielders. Um, anyone have any info they want to bring to the table about any of those three? Get a chance to do a little bit of digging. Not I. Not 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 yet. <laughs> so uh, some some basic uh, Charlie Adams um, most recently in the USL played for Orange County. Uh, was there for about ten games uh, at the beginning of last season. Made a couple of appearances. I think five starts, uh, but ten appearances, uh, and they ended up in an uh, for an Austrian team. And I believe the Austrian team has a connection to similar ownership to. Uh, Real Salt Lake, which is the team that he came from before. Uh, on Sunday's game, he played kind of a six role, like a defensive midfielder, uh, which we'll talk about a little bit later when we talk about the match. Um, Charlie Adams uh, is that guy. Colin Martin is the second one. He comes. Uh, he was on loan at Hartford last year in the USL on the East Coast, uh, but played for Minnesota United. Uh, I actually got a chance to see him play when I was in Minnesota a couple years ago. Um, he made a bunch of news for being uh, the first uh, out male athlete in the top five, like the major sports. Um, so he's uh, great with the community. I know the fans really loved him there. Uh, so it's exciting to see him. He's a great player, a great midfielder, um, and is going to bring some uh, talent to the team. And then Morgan Hackworth, I know a little bit less about him, but I had a chance to speak with him on Sunday Afternoon, he looked really good on the right wing. He played in the second half. Um, he feels he's pretty excited. I know a lot of guys are excited to play in San Diego as opposed to like Pittsburgh or places where it has weather um, beyond like just nice. Um, so th those are three really solid midfield players that uh, we will probably dig into a little bit later. Now that we, they are officially announced, uh, we can do some actual digging um, and bring you some news regarding those three players. So. Um, so, Hack, so, so really quick to add yeah. on to what you're saying, Alan. <clears throat> Hackworth played at Memphis Nine last season. That's correct. So he played like sixteen. He has sixteen appearances. Um, you know, like, 
and it, it has him listed as a defender too. So yeah, so he's I, a right back as well. Yeah, we're gonna when we talk about the the preseason game, we're gonna talk a little bit about how they're set up and why some of these wing players who might have some defensive abilities might actually be super beneficial to the team. Um, a couple other events coming up uh, that we want to highlight uh, this Friday from seven to nine uh, at, I believe home and away they're doing uh, the locals are doing their scarf uh, release and kind of party soiree soiree. That's right. Soiree. You got to drink fancy drinks at soirees. Uh, so if you are a member of the locals and you haven't seen that, which I would be shocked if you haven't, but if you haven't, uh, get on out there. If you aren't a member yet, uh, still stop by, hang out, uh, become a member, uh, buy a scarf or three. Uh, the, the scarf designs are pretty legit. I think we talked about those um, first or second podcast, which ones we would like, uh, which ones we got. Uh, so I'm super stoked to get my Balboa scarf and uh, and wear it and hang it up. Um, I have a spot waiting for me for it at work. I hang my scarves up to block the window of my classroom. Uh, so uh, I got to swap out one of my scarves for a uh, a locals scarf to start repping are, in San Diego. Are you gonna block it? Which one are you gonna block out or replace? Um, I have a couple of, like U.S. soccer scarves. Uh, that I'm probably gonna take one of them down and put them up. Burn. Um, Burn. Well, I mean, I think there are more people at the preseason friendly than there was at the last U- <laughs> U.S. Men's National Team game. Uh, that was kind of the buzz going around. Um, yeah, I got a couple up. I can't take my Liverpool scarves down yet. Uh, yes, you can. No, 22 points yes, there. You can. Can't, you can. can't can't mess with the streak, man. We can't take those down. Uh, but, uh, eventually maybe after the, uh, prem seasons over this year, I'll take one of the three down and put up, uh, one of the official loyal scarves, uh, send me that scarf up. too. So I can burn it <laughs> like Liverpool, like Liverpool's, yes. like Liverpool's burning the league, right? Oh, and cheating the league live Varpool. Yeah. Well, it's you know. fine. That's fine. Second place is all you'll get. <laughs> Um, the other event is the one that I'm really excited about, and that is the kit reveal. I've been waiting for them to announce this forever, and I think a lot of people are excited about it, too. Uh, the mm-hmm. kit reveal is February 13th, which is next Thursday. Um, so that's another 7 to 9 or I think. I think the local one's 6 to 9, uh, but this is 7 to 9. Um, we were talking about, if some of you are artists or aren't artists and just want to join in anyway uh are good with or are good with microsoft paint or whatever right um (laughs) if you want to uh shoot some over some guesses of what the kits might look like or some ideas of what you think might make a good kit uh we'll put out a question on our twitter machines uh later tonight or tomorrow and asking you that question of what do you think the kit's gonna look like you want to throw up a a guess or two, uh, throw up an away kit or a home kit or my favorite. I almost always get keeper kits for some reason. Like the Liverpool kit I have is a keeper kit. Uh, the, the forward Madison kit is their pink, the pink keeper kit. I, I, I'm just a little weird like that. I tend to gravitate toward keepers. They don't get much love these days. So, uh, what do you guys think the kit might look like? Go ahead, Marissa. I'll let you take it first. I'm going to go with Tory green. Um, mainly Tory Green uh, for the home, and then um, I think it's going to be white for away. With uh, with like a orange accent, maybe orange and Tory Green, and then I think if they do a third jersey, it's going to be yellow. Interesting. Yeah, you talked about that last time. You were hyping yellow. I remember that. Yeah, I I think I think it's going to be Tory Green. I don't know. I kind of hope it is, but we'll see. Chris, what are you vibing on? All right. You know what? I think the home isn't going to be, well, I know teams do it differently, right? Like some teams their home is like the white and then on the road, they wear like a color. Um, I guess be that I think they're rocking the Tory green at home. They are, they're going with this. I know Adidas has templates. 
I'm going to guess that it's basic. It's like a Tory Green. It's got... Uh, what do I think? Basic? Am I sick? No, you <laughs> said basic. It's going to be basic? Yeah, and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Okay, because this is a first-year club, and they will want to make sure that they're selling to kind of like that middle-of-the-line person who's going to buy a kit. And they can't get too creative because that's really going to be for the people who just really love it and want to drop that money right away. But other people are like, mm, I'm not really sure. And then they're not going to do something I think that's going to be like too bottom of the barrel. But I just think that they're just going to right now establish their colors, you know, because that's a safe bet. And especially on how a lot of these USL teams went the first time, they really did keep it very simple. So I honestly think that that cool little crest we saw that was on the kit reveal is probably has a little bit to do with it, you know, more so than the shape that we've been seeing out there. And um, yeah, I don't know. I just think it's Tory Green. I think that you see a little bit of that blend of the orange and such from the, the logos that they've been kind of showing. I think the away is white. And I think that um, you have trim of the Tory and the orange kind of complementary. Um, and I think that's it. But I, I, I will say if I had a wild card, I think that there's a sash involved for some reason. Ooh. A sash. Getting yeah. Fancy. Uh, yep. I would like them to avoid white. Um, but that's like my personal hatred of most white kits. Um, I am a big proponent of both teams wearing some type of color on the pitch. I think it just looks nicer. Um, I think, you know, some of your iconic teams like a Real Madrid with their all whites, like, I think that looks great cause it's that iconic. They look like Real Madrid. Uh, but I think a lot of the other times white, um, looks, I don't want to say like cheap, but, um, like you look at, who was it? Cincinnati last year with their white kit. It just looks like sometimes you can get like a, looks like a plain white t-shirt with your crest on it. Um, some people pull off the white, though. I mean, El Paso had that real milky white kit that came out, and it actually looks decent. Yeah, I think if you if you make it something not just a plain white, I think if you put some patterns in it, if you put something, um, you know, you make it a little like an off-white or like a cream or something like that, I'm down. But like just like straight white top, white bottom, it gets dirty really quick, uh, especially mm -hmm. on these like uh, not as well-maintained fields. Um I don't know. It's just a personal, personal opinion. Like, you know, you watch UCLA USC play, and you want to see them in their powder blues and their, you know, their maroon, that Trojan maroon. Like, it just looks better than one of the teams mm -hmm. in white. And I get like back in the day, maybe on TV and black and white TVs, you need one team in white, one team in dark. And I know you want to back wanted, in the right, day, right? And I know you know. Do you remember those days, Alex? I mean, I don't. I don't know if why if you're calling me that old, but. Um, <laughs> Let me insert this. I think yeah, that yeah. there's going to be a little bit of riptide in one of the kits. And I think I like that the would little be waves. Yeah. Like yeah. The I, I want to see a little riptide in the goalkeeper kit. How about that? Mm. But like, just like very light. So you can barely see it unless you're, you know, some in the, in a reflective light, but just a little bit of riptide, kind of like some, some rip curl, you know, a little, a little wave action. Cause that may be a fun way to get a, a kit that is a little bit more fun, uh, mm -hmm. you know, in a place that maybe not as many people are going to get it, or maybe it's like a special one-off type of, yeah, like mm -hmm. the Ford Madison goalie kits. You had to pre-order them and they made them special. Um, I do really, right. I do really like the idea of kind of that Tory green and then like an orange or something for the away kit. Um, I know there's a lot of orange in the USL, um, as far as kits uh, with like um, RGV, Orange County, even Phoenix's red is like not a real red. It's like an orangey red. Um, so I know there's a some of that that might end up having us play in if we go orange, playing a green on the road, which I would not. I didn't love of. the orange they played in on yeah. Sunday though. Yeah, so that was Orange County orange. Yeah, it was a little. It was a little bright. It felt a little. 
I still, again, I still like the color on color. I thought it looked, it looked pleasant uh, to watch both teams with one of them mm-hmm. not being in white. Right. Um, you know, it might be a good tactic for them to actually come out with whites if they were going to do that as their home kit, because uh, I would think that they'll have better sales on it. Because, and this is the reason why, right? It's because like they are going to wear what the home team wears, right? I mean, you know, if your team is wearing dark, obviously then everyone's going to wear dark, but. You know, if they come up with a, a white kit for the way kit, and most people are like, eh, not going to get that one. I'm going to get the home kit. So they get the dark one, and then they don't really sell through any of the way kits. So it might be strategic to maybe mm-hmm. have the the other kit that may not do so well, or there's the way one be the home one. Just just my take. Yeah. yeah, but I'm imagining, like, USD with, like, the color now, like... <laughs> Like with the with the Tory green or orange, like imagine all of us wearing our kits, like on match day, kind of like when you go to like a Sholos match, it's like red, red and black. Red. Like yeah. that's it, you know. <laughs> so. It's gonna be all white, right? Well, well, hopefully they learn from the NHL because NHL used to be home white, dark on the road, and people would always buy the like road kits because it had the more color. It was like mm-hmm. more fun to. It was a more fun sweater to wear. Uh, so hopefully they learn from that. Uh, and I hope they do kind of a, a more colorful kit at home uh, mm-hmm. and a less colorful kit on the road. Um, and then obviously, I think you're right, Chris. They go with a more simple design uh, mm-hmm. for their first year. Because it's, I mean, you're throwing something together in a couple months. You don't have that time to really flesh out these like really intricate kits with, you know, these tons oh, of details. I don't think Adidas can do it, though. Um. Yeah, maybe. They can't I do don't it know. Like Puma. Well, I mean, Nike threw out some like the Nigeria kit. I think this for the past couple years was like the newest one, especially is super legit. So I think companies who want to do it can. Uh, but I'll, I'll like I said, I think it'll be a little bit basic the first year, and then maybe they come out with something kind of unique that second year. I think the man like so they can. These custom right? these basic frames we're talking about, right? But then they're going to have one spell. Hopefully, they're smart. Icarus FC. <laughs> Get that custom kit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I was, I was a little bit hoping they would end up with, you know, some of the ones that are like with Macron or Hummel, the ones that are historically... Okay. A little bit more creative in the U.S., but mm-hmm. I mean, it, okay. I mean, Adidas is a brand name. It's going to get people excited. Like if you say we're signing with Hummel, and most people be like, "Who?" Yeah, but yeah, you exactly. Sign, you sign with exactly. Adidas, like, "Oh snap, Adidas!" Ask you a question, okay? Because I, I was thinking about it the other day. Um, you see a lot of clubs that they basically announce, like, "Hey, we're doing partnership with said club," right? Mm-hmm. And so, and so, Loyal obviously put up all the manage really pushing this Adidas partnership. And sometimes when you go out on the internet and you go, Hey, I want to see what Adidas is saying about the, club. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't really see much traction from the brand actually talking about the team. And you're like, okay, well, why does this seem very excited? Like, you know, people like to feel like they're within the code of arms of like the brand partnering. So why do you think it's like that sometimes? Hmm. I mean, I think... Or what's your take on the fact that it seems official on one side of the table? I think it just has um, to do with... Go ahead, Marissa. I'm... I mean, I don't know, like, maybe, like, social clout? Like, people want, hey, look, we're partnering with these, with these people. Like, pay attention to us. Like, we matter because we have this big brand name, but, like, the brand name could care less because it doesn't matter they're paying them for this the kits or whatever like i don't i just don't think that there's a need for adidas to really do any of that because these these um brands at least that like from the lower level have not built up their um foundation yet so like it's really i mean i think only the only ones that i've seen people promote like on adidas side is like arsenal because i'm an arsenal fan but like I'm sure they've promoted other things, but like I think it's just a matter of they don't need to like push those people because 
And how stoked are you to go on the Ars- onto the Adidas site and mm-hmm. see an, Ar- an official Arsenal? Like, you, like coming from that site, it's not like yeah. Joe Mom and Pops, like shop down the street, has a bunch right. of Adidas players. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, no, I think it's. I mean, as a fan, it's it's wonderful. But I don't think from the the kits like manufacturer standpoint, like they're just kind of like okay. Like they don't see it that way, the way it's seen from like the club or a fan's perspective. And I, I think locally we've seen a little bit more of the like soccer loco kind of hyping some stuff up. And mm-hmm. uh, so some of the more local retailers, the local businesses, I think are going to hype it more than kind of that big brand name. I think, mm-hmm. I think it gives, I think it gives the club itself a little bit more legitimacy because it's like you were able to swing a, um, a big brand name, like, I mean, with New Mexico and Pumas, you know, um, right. yeah. you're able, you're able to attach your name to something bigger, but then I mm-hmm. think what it does for some of these local businesses that are going to carry your stuff, it's like, Hey, we're going to be carrying local, you know, the local team in Adidas and you're going to come into our soccer local store and you're going to be able to buy like matching cleats so when you go out and you're playing your pickup leagues you're going to be wearing your green and orange you know adidas you know boots and you're you know you're going to be able to go out there and rep your team with this like big name brand um as opposed to you know you can do all your matching brand your adidas socks your adidas shorts you know you you're you can really do a lot of like brand matching with your outfits and stuff i just think for the club it's gonna it means more than to like maybe like a bigger brand that is gonna make more money selling a prem kit than they are, you know, you're gonna sell a couple thousand maybe loyal yeah. kits. You're gonna sell a couple thousand uh, <laughs> um, Arsenal kits like every couple days. Like, you know, the the volume just I don't think is there. Um, and I think maybe when the club if the club has some success in the next couple of years, maybe there's something that they they do. Um, but I think especially for a new club that's first starting out, it's like, you don't want to get too high on something and ended up like, you know, not being what you thought it was, or, you know, you hit a rough patch and all of a sudden you've been like hyping this team. And now you're like, Hey, you've been hyping this team and they're, you know, fourth place, fifth place, you know? Right. Um, yeah. Something else that's actually kind of coming up a little bit, but I'm seeing from my vantage point is, uh, USL merchandising. So, and, and I, and you probably won't see it the first year as much for loyal, but maybe in the second year, depending on how well the market does. And, and Alan, you may have seen it in the OC at some point, it may have happened there too, but USL merchandising, they came in, you know, and they essentially, they have an initiative with new clubs to come in and basically hit their markets and create price point products. So like, T-shirts that you could get for like say seven ninety nine, eight ninety nine, you know, a lot of other merchandise that the store, that the actual team store doesn't sell online or even in person. So it creates a lot of this, you know, other merch basically for those folks that can't afford the real high end products. So that's something that's that's bound to happen, but I I don't I don't think it will happen in the first year. But it typically is something that's happened the second, third. So this is like a very futuristic topic for when it does happen. We'll come back to episode four. <laughs> right. Re- review right. those. Um, so I know I I want to talk a little bit about the friendly that happened um, and kind of highlight some things that I saw. Uh, there is another friendly this Saturday um, at six o'clock, I believe, is the kickoff is what I've been told at Cal State Fullerton. Uh, I unfortunately will not be able to be there. I have some students performing. Um, and they'll be done at 5.30 in Temecula, so I will not be able to get to Cal State Fullerton by 6 o'clock. Um, so I'm a little bit sad I'm going to miss it, um, but I do want to kind of talk about some of the things that we did see on the pitch, um, most notably uh, the formation that they were running um, and the system that they were running um, out on the pitch, and um, this has kind of been talked about a little bit at the UT uh, unnamed soccer podcast brought it up a little bit. Um, it was essentially a, a three five two uh, kind of system that they modified 
Um, and this is kind of similar to a system that like Atlanta United was using a couple years ago uh, with a kind of a, a three-back system um, with Joe Greenspan being in the middle um, and um, Sal being on the right side and uh, Elijah Martin was on the left side, and that was kind of the three-back system. Uh, and then Charlie Adams, we talked about earlier, kind of floated back into a defensive midfielder role. Uh, so it was kind of a 3-1, and then you had a kind of a bank of four offensive midfielders um, kind of pushing up to the top. Uh, and then uh, you had kind of a, a combo of strikers. Um, and what this formation was able to do is put a lot of pressure on Dallas. Uh, they played really high press, um, a lot of high energy, a lot of big turnovers, uh, and essentially puts kind of six attacking players in the attacking part of the field. Um, and it controls possession, and then when you lose possession, there's high points of pressure. Um, and then you have the two strikers, which is something you lose in like a 4-3-3. Um, it kind of goes back to that 4-4-2. So it's kind of a hybrid between a 3-5-2 and a 4-4-2. Um, I don't want to get too much into the weeds on tactics because some people's eyes glaze over. But essentially what you're look right? <laughs> essentially what you're looking at is a bank of three defenders a defensive midfielder in front of him, those three, a mm -hmm. row of four uh, midfielders with two strikers up top. Uh, it was a really high-energy, fast-paced uh, soccer match. Sorry, my dog wants to get out. There no, that's fine. There you go, buddy. Um, so it was, it was really exciting soccer. There was tons of chances. Um, Irvin Parra went for a bicycle kick that went, went – uh, right in front of where a lot of the locals were set up. Um, they did swap at halftime. You can check out the recap on our website. Uh, we tweeted it out. Like I said, I'm not going to go into a huge amount of detail, um, but it looks like that's the system that they might be rolling with for a minute. It'll be interesting when uh, Emra Clementa comes back because he's been out. Uh, they said he's about a week away. He had like a hamstring thing, I think. Um, they said about his, he's about a week away. So when we get to some of those later friendlies, it'll be interesting to see if they roll a different setup formation. Uh, this might be more of like an attacking one for the home because uh, they Landon's been pretty clear that they're going to go for three points at home. They're going to go attack, attack, attack at home. But they might go to to sit back and maybe a 4-4-2 on the road, a little bit more defensive-minded, and try and uh, get some results, get a point, and the, or try to like nip uh, a three points on the road especially against some, some of these offensive juggernauts. Um, anything you guys want to add to that? Um, Thank you so much for covering the game <laughs> for the podcast. We appreciate your contribution. And uh, I was able to check it, I think, like, I don't know, when I turned on my phone at, like, 930 at night. So I really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah man. Thanks, thanks for going. Yeah, I think that we're, that's the goal this season is to try and get kind of a preview and a recap for every game. Uh, some of the preseason mm -hmm. ones I'm not going to be able to get to. Obviously, the away game at Reno. Um, but we'll have some written work pre-game and post-game for all of the matches that we play in the regular season. Mm -hmm. So if you ha don't get a chance or just want to you know, read up on something or keep track of how we're doing and uh, don't have ESPN Plus to watch the recaps, or the, rewatch the games later, which I do recommend. Uh, we will have the, some of that available for you guys to read, so you can kind of keep up on the games if you haven't don't have a chance to watch them. I will say that it 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 put a little bit of a fire in me because it's kind of like okay, like time to play. You know what I mean? Like it's there's nothing like watching it live, and it you know you can follow along like on Twitter, especially no matter what level you're looking at. And just seeing everyone tweeting about it, not even like from the, like the supporters section, like mindset, more so just to like see them start playing and kind of feeling out like your favorite players and the styles and stuff. So I definitely got a little bit excited after seeing all the updates because I'm like, okay, we're almost there, you know, and I'm just kind of like waiting at the gate to like get there, you know. I'm excited to see who your favorite players are going to be. Um I know me and Alan have seen a good amount of these players already in sessions. So, you know, we, you know, I don't know, we might already kind of have some that we're like, okay, yeah, this guy, you know, that guy. Um, mm -hmm. 
but it'll be interesting to see who yours 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 Mine. be. Yeah, I think I mean because that's kind of how I just like start becoming more of a fan because I like the style of their play, and that's you know that's how I picked my EPL team because I liked the a certain midfielder's style of play. It wasn't because I liked the crest or the name or whatever. I just identified with how he played, and it made me want to watch that more and more. So, and I think I think fans like you are going to have lots to choose from depending on yeah. what style you have. Amazing defenders. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, Amal Knight is like six. I think he's six foot three is listed mm-hmm. but in that when he's standing in front of goal he looks like seven foot one like he wow he, like <laughs> it looks like i gotta place this ball in the top corner because that's the only way i'm gonna beat him like the only they, they got a ball mm-hmm. through and a guy like tried to chip him and it was like you're not gonna chip him like he's giant um, right and uh i'm excited to see him continue uh in goal i guess it was only a half and there wasn't a whole lot of test of him so um, and then you got, you know, your defense, your defensive back line. You're going to have a lot of really awesome dudes uh, to choose from. Uh, Joe Greenspan was like super, uh, super good. Clear, cleared balls. Um, he's a big, tall, uh, ominous figure uh, kind of in that center, center back role. Uh, super right. nice guy. I got a chance to talk to him. He's like, it's great not to play in Pittsburgh. Like, it's great that we're out here in January february and it's like 70 degrees and sunny and um so i know he's excited to kind of bring some of those east coast mentality of defense so if you're a big defender fan you have plenty to choose from you're gonna have some really exciting midfield play uh if you like those guys kind of those box to box those guys who put the ball through make some moves like to looked phenomenal like he would look so good in that attacking midfield role um the some guys in the second half, Francis, the guy who scored the goal, like the move he made. If you haven't seen this move, check out the locals Twitter feed has a video, a really good video of the move where he just like he gets the defender, like pulls the ball back, the defender comes to close in and he just puts it by him and then just puts the shot. Uh the goalkeeper gets a touch on it, but it was too strong to um <laughs> right. Drew wants to add that he also yeah enjoys. he likes it he liked it he liked, he liked it. it um yeah Samura looked really good um there's a couple guys without numbers that played in the back that looked pretty solid I I just think that this team is gonna have uh, a lot of people to choose from like it's gonna be hard to pick out if you like wearing numbers and names on the back of your kit it's gonna be hard to choose which one to get um, there's a couple local guys um, like uh, Eric Avila. Um, mm-hmm. who I'd like to get on the pod and have him tell us stories about um, <laughs> about Salzizo because they played together back way back in the day. So it might be some might be good to have him on and, and tell some stories. Zapatizos. Right? Um, Zapatizos. So, <laughs> we have to figure out if it's Zizo or Zizo or Zizo. It's Zizo. Zizo. Okay. Yeah. Zizo's Zapatizo. Um <laughs> Lawal looked pretty solid too. Like I just think that's like there's gonna be plenty of really good players on the team, and they're gonna play an exciting brand of soccer. It was really really exciting, and the energy was pretty palpable right away. That even for a preseason friendly, that they were they were kind of bringing it, and it was uh, it was fun. So if you ha- have the opportunity to go out to Cal State Fullerton on Saturday, uh, please do. Um, and then the last two preseasons are friendly is the 22nd and 28th. And so we'll talk a little bit about those as those approach. Hey, but you can't, you got to be happy that you can beat an MLS team on a friendly because yeah. you know, until you play the Open Cup, you know, that's like your only mm-hmm. shot at an MLS team right there. Right. Exactly. So we'll see. Uh, thank you for all those updates. Uh, I'm ready for the season to start. <laughs> We're what? A month away? By the time this gets yep. published? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, a month and a day. Yep, yep, so. yep. Yep, yep. Yay! March 7th. Um, Alright, so we're going to transition to our continuing um, segment on know the teams that you're about to play. Uh, we're going to break down three teams uh, this week. 
And uh, up first is um, our resident New Mexico expert, Chris Walker on New Mexico United. All right. So New Mexico United. Um, so 2019, it was their inaugural season. Obviously, you know, the, you know, the, the team sits in, the, in Albuquerque. They play out of a baseball field called the Lab, which is uh, the home of the Albuquerque Isotopes. It's the AAA baseball team for the Colorado Rockies. Um, so United in their first year had a good run in the Open Cup. They went to the round of eight uh, before they ultimately lost to Minnesota United. It was like 6-1. It was a crazy game. Uh, but they did beat uh, Colorado Rapids, and they also beat FC well, um, along with uh, Phoenix Rising in a uh, – a, a pen shootout. They had a they had a nice run in their first year. Of course, at the same time that they were making this run, they were sitting at top of the Western Conference pool. And of course, the the extended play did cost them table position. They eventually slid from first down to about eighth position. Um, they had a couple of quality scorers last year, and Kavon Freider, and some are both uh, players or no longer on the team. Freider. Um, you know, he, he's not on the team, wasn't offered a contract. And um, and then, or rather, how should I put that? He, yes, it was out of contract and there wasn't a, uh, you know, an offer to be resigned. Um, with Samar, uh he basically, uh, he had a, I guess they had, a, he was out of contract and they obviously probably were within talks. There was a point when they said that there was, players were on the fence and ultimately he ended up signing with Phoenix rising. Uh, you know, he cited that, you know, he was looking for a team that, you know, had the experience and kind of the wherewithal. And he saw that with Phoenix rising, obviously being the better team that year last year. So he signed with them. So they don't return either one of their top two scorers, uh, but they did return 13 players automatically. One of them being, a local mainstay, Devon Sandoval, who has MLS experience playing for uh, RSL, uh, as well as uh, he played for Atlanta United too. They have uh, Chris Weehan, who is from OC, uh, but went to school at University of New Mexico. He's a uh, – Chris Weehan is, like, very dangerous uh, when he gets the ball. Uh, definitely a proven scorer and kind of looking a little bit more – at the roster. I mean, this year for acquisitions, like they picked up some new guys that, uh, that have league experience as well as international experience. They picked up a striker in, uh, Romeo parks. Uh, he played for Pittsburgh Riverhounds, um, you know, for about three seasons. And then he also played for the Sligo Rovers. I uh, was, which is a team in the league of Ireland. Uh, he was their fourth, the fourth ranked top scorer in the League of Ireland, uh, scoring 11 goals for Sligo. Um, and they ultimately decided that uh, it would be really hard to replace uh, Parks uh, just because of how he came in there and basically just kind of took the lead by storm. He came to New Mexico just because he was not able to get uh, his U.S. visa or his working permit. So basically with the complications, United was able to scoop them up and, you know, basically they inherited this striker who's got all kinds of experience. They also picked up Armando Marino, who is, has experience with MLS uh, with uh, Chicago fire, New York Red Bulls, as well as played some Liga MX as well. And they grabbed Kalen Ryden, which was like a big signing for them. Um, He's a is a center back who played for Real Monarchs and he played for them in the last two seasons and so he, he is also the two-time defender of the year so definitely kind of a big force in the middle yeah he was so, he was rumored to be one of the signers signees of the loyal this um, this past off season um, in by uh, the three honest lads podcast um, they do some broadcasting for USL um, and they cover kind of USL like league wide, uh, and he was the one of the names that were was teased at the very beginning of the off season that some of the 
loyal fans know that prediction. He was the other guy who didn't, but he just didn't quite work out. We did get Greenspan, uh, but Ryden ended up in New Mexico. Yeah, so I mean, you know, Mexico, uh, let's see, no apparent mascot, but one of their sponsors is Meow Wolf. And if you haven't had a chance to check out Meow Wolf, that is a crazy place to go to. So if you get a chance to hit a road trip to see Loyal in New Mexico, definitely give yourself an extra day or two um, and check out Meow Wolf in Santa Fe. Nice. Now I know. I know Parks is kind of a controversial signing from some of his history, um, but I think a lot of people who know that incident um, don't know that he came back into the league already. Some people think that New Mexico brought him back. Uh, that's not the case. Um, it is a kind of a controversial signing, and I wasn't sure how I felt about it. Um, but for those of you who don't know, if you just Google him and Google um, Park Romeo Parks and... Um, kicking somebody uh it's kind of brutal um but you hope that you know people can redeem themselves and come back and get another chance to prove themselves and he definitely kept his head down uh in pittsburgh and in fact kept his head down so well that there are quite a few people who didn't realize that he had played a full uh, played a season usl before signing played, uh, with new mexico two, two seasons two yeah so yeah i mean it's, it's clear that you know maybe he's He's been able to redeem himself, um, but if you hear any of that kind of information or any people talking about it, um, you know why. There's some there's some history with that player um, in some in a questionable uh, act that happened. He was suspended for a year, I believe. Um, yeah. He was kind of kicked out of the league for an entire year. Uh, so he you know he faced a punishment and he uh, he went to Ireland and. Um, kind of try to rehab his image and you know he's back and hopefully uh he has learned from his transgressions and you know yeah like you know i could speak to a little bit i mean definitely like i did some digging on it too i mean he had an article with the telegraph i think it was back in 2017 in which he pretty much addressed it all i mean he definitely felt you know very bad for it he I initially thought that the band was like forever and that's, you know, that's gotta be crucial if you really love the game of soccer. So, you know, but ultimately he had did his time and he actually kind of came back as more of like the model player, you know, in those two years with Pittsburgh, I mean, the owner kind of, kind of retracted his statement about him not playing there ever again. And obviously felt that he deserved a second chance. Um, I actually interviewed him the other day, uh, yesterday. Uh, so I did get to kind of speak to him. I do know that, uh, he is definitely not into that question. It was not something that I brought up, but it was definitely something that was prefaced up the up the front. They just didn't want to have to talk about that. Yeah. Um, but uh, guy was a soft spoken guy, pretty tall, um, and uh, yeah, I think once he gets acclimated to like the conditions here, it'll be interesting to see um, what he does. But huh. yeah, uh, my team that I got was the next. Uh, highest finishing team. Um, we are now into the teams that made the play-in round, um, which in the USL, the top six teams automatically qualify for the postseason. Uh, and then teams seven through 10 play a play-in. So seven plays 10 uh, and eight plays nine uh, for the last two seat, uh, last two teams into the um, essentially playoffs. Uh, you can get semantics, and if these are actually the playoffs or they're playing games before the playoffs, just ask a Phoenix fan. Um, but the next team that made it in, which is actually a little bit of a surprise, I would, I would, I think uh, for a lot of people felt that San Antonio would make its way in, and uh, Los Dos would find their way out because uh, they did have a negative goal differential. Um, but LA Galaxy Two, LA Galaxy Two is essentially like Tacoma Defiance. Um, essentially an uh, a extension of their academy. Uh, when Los Dos or LA Galaxy 2 first started, um, it was basically a, a reserve team. Um, it's, uh, the Galaxy president at the time said the creation of LA Galaxy 2 through USL Pro, which is what they called it at the time, provides the Galaxy with a full-realized in-house player development program 
starting with the under 12 Academy through the LA Galaxy first team. Uh, so LA Galaxy 2 is designed specifically to be an extension of their academy uh, and their development program. Uh, they have been able to move a couple people up from the two team to the main team. Um, I believe they signed one of their players from last season to the uh, the main team. Um, they have a lot of roster turnover every year uh, because of their uh, status as a development academy. If you look at if you Google their loan in loan out names uh, for last season, it's like twelve people in and twelve people out. It's crazy. Um, player for player, right? Um, they did have uh, Frank Lopez, we talked about before, uh, but loaned him out, out to San Antonio. Uh, Orange County fans would remember that because they saw Frank Lopez for San Antonio play really well against him. And then, like, I think it was like a week or two later, Frank Lopez was playing again. Um, sorry, played for Los Dos, and then they loaned him to San Antonio, and he came back and caused more problems for him in a couple weeks. Like, wait, didn't we just see this guy? Um, Los Dos started out really successful. They made the semifinals in the first year. They were the runner-ups their second year. They made it to the USL finals. They were in the quarterfinals the year after. And in the past two years, uh, past that, they didn't qualify. They were kind of a 500 team last year. Uh, decent at home. Uh, didn't lose a whole lot, but drew quite a bit. Uh, not as good at uh, on the road um, as you would assume that a younger team would be. Uh, a little bit more solid at home than on the road. Um, their goalkeeper has been there for a minute, um, and he's kind of a mainstay, or what has been a mainstay. Uh, it's really hard to kind of predict year to year where Los Dos is going to be. It just depends on kind of who they have and then how the big club's doing. If the big club's doing well and everyone's staying healthy, they're probably going to be a decent team. If the big club has some some injuries and they need to move some people up because uh, Chicharito's you know, a little bit old, maybe he gets some time off and... Uh, they pull some guys up. So uh, Los Dos, they're, they're always a kind of competitive team. They're never at the bottom of the West, but they're always kind of, they've been kind of at that just outside of the playoffs, 13th, 14th, last year, 9th. Um, they do play uh, in Carson at the Dignity Health Sports Park. Um, and. Right yeah. next door to the yeah, it's like it's like a facility to the side that they can expand, but it seats about two thousand people. So it's like in that area, um, it's mm. I think it's like right next door to the the main stadium. Um, it's like one set of bleachers. Yeah, so it's <laughs> uh, it's not a it's not a terrible away ma- match. It's not too far away, uh, but then again, you have to watch Los Dos. So I know t- there aren't a lot of well, there just aren't a lot of fans that show up to their matches. So it's. It's not like you're taking an away trip and you're showing up and there's, you know, three, four thousand fans uh, for like a normal USL game who are singing and chanting. Sometimes you show up and there's a couple hundred people. So uh, if you want to do a stadium takeover, uh, you can just pretend that it's a, you know, it'll be just mm-hmm. like a Chargers home game where most of the people who go are a who's home game, a Chargers home game. Yeah, uh, we don't talk about that. <laughs> Where you go, um, you go to LA to watch a team play in LA, and then maybe there's ma- more away fans than home fans. Uh, so it's it's worth a trip. You know, when I went there though, like last year, uh, there were literally about sixty New Mexico fans there hmm. at the Los Dos game. So yeah, it's um. Yeah, it's like um, some people go, and then it's like their moms and girlfriends and like family. Um, I think that that's. I mean, that brings up another point about away. Like, I want to see how like we travel away because it's a new club, mm-hmm. and we don't have like. I think there's a lot of people that are like sh- really wanting this like San Diego team to like follow from from afar. <laughs> Which I want to shout out someone, Michael Patterson, right. who is in Fullerton. Nice. He's tweeted us. Um, he is a follower of our podcast, and he's shouted us out and thanking us for keeping him up to date on all things loyal, San Diego loyal. So I hope that we have a good away presence because that would be fun. I used to like going to away games. So we'll see. Yeah, their average attendance last year was 880. 
Hmm. So that's like a that's like an NPSL team or yeah. So if PDL. if we want to throw, <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's a terrible away trip, and if you can get, mm-hmm. you know, a couple bus loads of people. I mean, you don't have to take a bus. We get a couple bus loads of people. You're going to mm-hmm. be like a quarter to, you know, 20%, 10, 10 to 20% of the fans will be away fans. I think yeah. the team would appreciate it. Yeah. Um, and now what's up? No, so yeah. They... <laughs> uh, and then the last team we have for tonight uh, is Marissa is going to talk about Austin bold. Austin bold. Yes. Not to be confused with, the new Austin franchise of the MLS. The Austin Trees. Uh, yeah. Um, the Austin Pre-Courts or whatever you want to call them. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> what? <laughs> Anyways. Um, okay, so they kick off their season on March 7th versus New Mexico United. And they, they play in Bold Stadium in Austin, which is a soccer specific stadium um, that was built for specifically for this club. Um, and last year they finished eighth in the Western conference uh, quarterfinals. And they also reached the fourth round or fourth round, of the U S open cup. That's what it says here. Um, let's see some players that are to uh, be noted uh, Brazilian Andre Lima is their top scorer. He scored, um, oh, in, in his professional career, he scored 88 goals and 28 assists out of 240, 284 professional appearances. So I think um, by that account, he's pretty good. So um, that's someone to watch on the bold. And this year for the, um, oh, the other player, they just signed, uh, or they have this guy on loan, uh, Breck Evans was named captain of North Texas SC last year and led their team to first place in the regular season as the first ever USL League One title in 2019. So he's got some experience in terms of getting to the next level there. Um, and he is a center back, strong backline defender, and has started 24 games, or did start 24 games with North Texas and help the club earn a league high 14 clean sheets. So um, also they have Diego Restrepo, who is a, one of the top um, five goalkeepers in the USL. Um, He comes from a long history of playing um, in Latin America, as well as here in the U S he has played for the youth U20, I believe. Uh, he played for the U20 U.S. national team. But before that, he won the NCAA national championship with Virginia in 2009. So he's been around for a while. And he broke the school records um, held previously held by Tony Miola, which is our uh, former coach. Um, and let's see... I think last year he he got injured, so this year I think he's back with. Uh, I don't know if he's fighting for the for the top goalkeeper spot. Uh, I couldn't find any info on that, so we'll look at that. And he was named the USL Goalkeeper of the Year in 2017, and also named to the USL's Best Eleven in 2017. So he's their star. Um, let's see. One other thing I wanted to mention. Oh, yeah. Um, they play in the U.S. Open Cup. They will start in the second round. They'll either play Atlantic City FC or Newtown Pride FC. Um, and that's all I have for Austin Bold. Uh, teal colored. I don't think it matches Texas FC. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I got to say. <laughs> Yeah, Austin, going out there in a, a month. Austin was a pretty solid team last year uh, for their first uh, season in the USL. Uh, a really solid home team. Another one of these teams that don't didn't lose a whole lot at home. Um, they were like one penalty shot away from making the semifinals and beating uh, Phoenix at home. Uh, it was a nil-nil draw, eight-seven in penalty kicks. Um, 
so they were they were able to kind of take the best team in the West all the way to the wire uh, in the quarterfinals. Um, and so they're, they're probably going to be a pretty tough team to play, um, especially on the road. Um, they're, they're tough. They play with an edge to them, uh, which kind of gets them in trouble from time to time. Uh, but they are pretty, they were a pretty aggressive team last year. Uh, the one thing that I learned from Orange County fans is that uh, Restrepo, uh, you can get into his head as a fan a little bit. Um, so uh, supporters, by all means, uh, hop on that and try and get into the keeper's head and mess with him a little bit. You might be able to put him off his, his game a little bit. That's very good intel. Thank you. And that was my wife making a cameo in the background. <laughs> um, That's cool. So uh, that in concludes our um, continuing session on know the kind of teams that we're going to play. Next week, we'll be doing two in Sacramento Republic and El Paso Locomotive. Um, so we'll have that for next week. Um, next week's podcast uh, live will be on a Monday instead of a Wednesday. Uh, there's some yeah. scheduling conflicts, um, so we had uh, scheduling meaning, conflicts. There's a meaning, birthday happening. My schedule is being conflict. Um, it's a birthday on the twelfth. It will be my birthday, and I will be attending the soccer's match against the Baltimore Blast. Uh, I will be uh, I will be there uh, to check out that game. So if you see me, say what's up. Um, you don't have to worry about buying me a drink. I'll probably mm -hmm. be be fine by then. Um, but <laughs> our schedule will be, uh, my schedule is conflicted. So we will be, uh, recording on a Monday night. Uh, that means your podcast might appear a little bit sooner than normal. Uh, but we're looking at confirming, uh, coach Nate. Um, sorry. Oh yeah. I think he's confirmed. Yeah. Nate, Nate Miller. We're going to have him on the podcast, uh, and get mm -hmm. to ask him some questions. So we're, we'll for sure reach out to you guys to see if there's anything you want us to ask or anything you want us to cover in that interview. Um, and if you haven't checked out some of my other podcasts, please do. Last week we had uh, Salzizo on. It was a phenomenal interview. Uh, super fun dude. Um, so check those things out. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, please subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe on YouTube. Uh, where else can they subscribe, Marissa? Oh, they can subscribe on um, iTunes and Spotify. and We're working on getting up some yeah. of those other podcast sites that we people are like, hey, this is where I like to watch, uh, listen. So we're trying to get into Google some of, and Google and Google. Yeah, some of your more. Um, <laughs> we did put out a thing. If you subscribe, you get a sticker. Um, so Mar I know oh. Marissa has those stickers. Uh, so those yeah. will be out oh, and about. Those will be out and about. Will they be at the scarf giveaway? Yes, I will be at the scarf giveaway for a very brief time. I have prior plans before that, so I will be making an appearance. So cool. So then you we'll, see me, and then we'll coordinate, and I'll yeah. probably hang out a little bit longer. So there'll be somebody there. If you subscribe, we'll get you a sticker. Mm -hmm. um, I can't wait to get the sticker either. I have a spot on my computer or yeah. and my. Booth. I really want a sticker too. Could you? Oh. <laughs> have you yeah. subscribed, Chris? Uh, I, I subscribed. Uh, I just want to thank people that have uh, were really kind on Sunday and mentioned how much they enjoyed listening to what we're doing. Uh, please give us feedback. Uh, we want to make this podcast as informative for you guys as possible. Uh, it's informative for us, uh, but we're trying to really bring uh, something to you guys that you guys want to listen to as well. So, if you have questions or comments or suggestions, uh, follow us on Twitter. Um, Comment on a story. I think Daniel commented on a story, uh, the recap about you know how we felt about the three five two. Um, so please reach out to us. We want to be interactive. We want to get your feedback and answer your questions. Uh, so follow us at fair underscore pod on Twitter. Uh, it's right there at the bottom of the screen. If you are watching us live right now on YouTube, if not uh, at fair underscore pod on the Twitter machines. Marissa, where can they find you individually? They can find me on Twitter at hashtag Marissa spelled out. Not don't use the pound sign. Spell it out. Or the sharp. 
if you're and i'm on all the platforms under that so if you need to go to instagram you can do that too nice nice and chris where can they find you on twitter and instagram you can find me at by chris walker if you're on my instagram you can check out some of my cool comic books or pops if you're a collector too so uh pop in the comments you can find me at a underwood 48 on the twitter machines uh, I do want to give a quick shout-out to Boris Pardo, the keeper for the Soccers, for scoring his first career goal by throwing it into the opponent's net. Uh, so mm-hmm. congratulations to Boris Pardo on your first career goal. Uh, and with that, I have a great evening. Thank you for l- listening, and we will see you guys next week. See ya. Bye. This and every episode is brought to you by The Beautiful Game Network. You can find other podcasts on EGN.FM. The Fairweather Podcast is also sponsored by Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Tired of the same old uniforms and cookie cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club? Sunday League Squad, Adult, or even Pro Team? Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at IcarusFC.com.